Hi, this is Erin James Brown. My pronouns are she, her, and hers, and I serve as the interim site pastor at Urban Village Church, Edgewater. Urban Village Church does bold, inclusive, and relevant ministry for people who were traumatized by church, people who feel overchurched, and even the non-churched folks. If you identify with any of these signifiers, we're so glad you're listening. Would you consider helping us continue this Jesus-loving ministry in and across Chicago and over the internet? You can make a generous recurring gift by going to our website, urbanvillagechurch.org backslash give. And thanks for helping us with your ears, actions, and dollars to build up God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And now, here's the latest sermon. Hi, I'm Jen, and today's scripture is uh, Hebrews 13, 1 through 3, and 11 through 16. Let mutual love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing that, some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those who are in prison, as though you were in prison with them. Those who are being tortured, as though you yourselves were being tortured. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest as a sacrifice for sins are buried outside the camp. Therefore, Jesus also suffered outside the city gate in order to sanctify the people by his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp and bear the abuse he endured. For here we have no lasting city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. Through him, then let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of lips that confess his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. The word of God for the people of God. Well, good morning. My name is Erin James Brown. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I currently serve as the interim site pastor at Urban Village Church. I also am a auction donor. If you would like to bid on a really cute, tiny crocheted unicorn, (laughs) you can do that at our online auction. I have very weird talents that are not translatable to real life skills, but I am welcome here too, (laughs) and so are you. Throughout uh, this sermon series on evangelism and pride, I've been inviting us to use our bodies in prayer as we open up for our sermon. This is one of my favorite spiritual practices, trying to invoke my body as a way of offering my prayer to God, as a way to feel my prayer in a different way. And so I want to invite you to try this out. If you don't like it, you only have to do it two more Sundays, and then you never have to do it again until I make you. So... Uh, find yourself seated. You can place your feet on the floor or you can just rest however you feel comfortable. In body prayer, you can close your eyes, flutter them closed, or you can leave your eyes open, fixed on a certain spot in the room. The idea is rest. Our bodies often carry so much tension and stress in them. So find yourself relaxing your shoulders away from your ears, relaxing your stomach, and then take your hands, church, turning them facing upwards, 
stretching them out to your fingers a little bit wider so that the webs in between your fingers feel a little tension. You can hold your hands there. You can rest them on the tops of your thighs. This is a posture of receiving, prepared to receive a gift from God, but it's also simultaneously a posture of generosity, of giving and offering. And so we pray. God of majestic glory, in humility you revealed yourself in body and spirit in the Son, Jesus Christ. You took the lowest place among us so that we might understand what it means to be raised into newness of heights, out of shame, and into glory. So teach us to walk the path Jesus has prepared for us so that we might take a place at the table, but also invite those to the table who seek joy of your kingdom. We offer ourselves up to you. And now, church, take your hands and place them over your heart. This is a posture of devotion. God, there are so many things clamoring for our attention, for our desires, for our hearts and minds, but we belong to no one else. We are your people and you are our God. We are yours. We are yours. We are yours. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. It is unclear who wrote the book of Hebrews. Scholars have strong assumptions that the authors were Jewish because it's called Hebrews, duh. But it's writing to the early Christian community who's being persecuted for their commitment to God's promises of the past and God's fulfillment through Jesus as a holy sacrifice. These are people who are experiencing the outcast from society as they try this new way, new life following Jesus. They continue to associate with the, uh, they are the people who did offer blood sacrifices, who continue to associate with the unsavory of the society, just as Jesus did. The thugs, the angry women, the impoverished, stuck in cycles of poverty from generation to generation. They know what suffering looks like because they see it in their midst. But it comes as a shock when they are reminded by the the writer of this letter to continue to look for and minister to those who are suffering those who are outcasts, those who are outside the city gates because they already know what suffering feels like. Why do we need to invite more attention? And so to better help us understand what the writer of Hebrews was trying to say, I've taken the liberty, nay, the joy of rewriting, translating, putting my own interpretive spin on this letter. So get ready. Here's in Aaron speak, the world of Hebrew letters. Dear brothers and sisters, Hey, brah. Hey, sis. Hey, sib. You know, you know and I know that getting along in relationship can be a struggle. There are those we don't like, but we keep showing up for the meal anyway because that's what siblings do, sit across from each other with awkward glances. And you know, 
as I know that being a follower of God means you might be kicked down, you might be thrown out because it is not cool to proclaim, I have surrendered my life and I will follow Jesus Christ. That doesn't get you a lot of friends. People might give you a strange look and not wanna talk to you. It can be lonely out there. Therefore, brothers, sisters, siblings, it is essential that we keep loving one another. Be siblings to one another, which being siblings means just keep it a hundred, which is internet speak from what I can tell from a light Google search, meaning be real. <laughs> Fight like hell with each other. Fight like hell for each other. Forgive even when you don't want to. Keep inviting each other to meals even when it's awkward. Get together, have barbecues, trusting that the conflicts and the relationships and that people will heal over time. Hold your church siblings accountable when they mess up, when you mess up, so that you can each grow closer. Demand from others what you need. Be cared for because you trust that your brothers and siblings and sisters in Christ will care for you in your time of need, just as you would care for them. Because you know you would drop everything and drive across the city if they needed it. Because you know you would sit as they cried that you would bring food and drink or a Grubhub gift card or visit in the hospital. So why the hell would they not do that for you? What makes you so special? It is in the suffering that we encounter the risen Christ, beloved, because he suffered. Just as they dragged and carried and carted off the bodies of sacrificed animals, those drained of their blood and dropped the carcasses in the desert, so too was Jesus's body dragged, carried, carted off outside the walls of the city and drained of blood. And so it is outside those walls of inclusion, outside of boundaries where we think everything looks normal, outside of things that look safety, look safe. This is where Jesus dwells, friends. This is where Jesus finds his people. So gather your siblings. Drag, carry, cart them off with you to find those strangers who need some entertainment, some hospitality, an embrace, and give them a hug. Those whose stories of suffering have always been excluded from the headlines of the media. Those whose deaths are rarely received with justice. Those whose economic and social and physical needs who are overlooked by governments and voters alike. Those are the people who need a hug. Those are the people who deserve great care, who deserve to also be a sibling. That's a paraphrase. Because you remember our parents, our four parents of faith were also excluded, suffered in the desert, in exile. They remembered, they knew, and they berated us trying to tell us how to believe and how to follow God. They knew what suffering was, but they also knew they were not exempt from it. Therefore, just as we are not exempt from suffering, we are to show hospitality to those who suffer as well. Strangers, entertaining angels. And entertaining angels is not simply like giving them a free ticket to your one-man show. Because you got a lot of free tickets, we know. It's not simply providing a meal to those who are hungry and in search of food that will stick to their guts or water that will quench their parched lips. Instead, 
Don't forget, don't you dare forget to love the strange. This, this is what I mean by philo ex nila. Philo, let me just break it down for you, refers to friendship. Thus, it means hospitality, but more than that, not just not, just not a sentimental, hey, come on over, here's a cup of coffee kind of friendship. This isn't just giving money or merely giving out peanut butter crackers. This is something that is more helpful. Truly love the stranger, love the strange and the strange things about them. Literally love the weirdos. Love the weird thing they do. Love those who are unrecognized and unknown. This is the difference from xenophobia, the, which is the fear or hatred of the strange and the stranger. So don't fear, but love like a sibling loves, with ferocity, with a little bit of resentment, and with a lot of heart. The stranger and the strange, that sibling, just like you and me, is neither a saint, nor should they be required to be saintly. The stranger and their strangeness, loving them means keep it a hundred, which I will remind you, I Googled, means keep it real. Be in real relationship. You and I, just as we are in real relationship, just as we talk about our addictions and talk about our sufferings and talk about how we hate our parents sometimes. We are to be that to the strange until they become our friend. And I won't, I won't lie to you. Bra, sis, sib, this work is scary. It is freaking scary to go outside of the city, to move beyond the brick walls to be surrounded by the things that are seemingly dead, the charred bodies that are left over. It is strange and scary to focus your attention on the things others people find uninteresting, the seemingly dead, the seemingly hated. Because our world and lots of people are organized and oriented and taught to uphold the bricks around us, the things that keep people out and keep us in, we're taught to believe that this is a form of protection, taught to believe that the earthly city is the center of life, when in fact, outside the bounds of normality is where we find Jesus. It is where we have found Jesus hanging on the cross with those who suffer. So don't forget, don't you dare forget to love the strange. And who is strange? What is strange? You're a little strange, you know that. But what is strange around us? in our diverse neighborhood of Andersonville and Uptown and Edgewater? What, what about the strong immigrant populations with enclaves around Argyle and Wilson? But those are groups of people we rarely see and whose restaurants rarely populate throughout the rest of the city. What about when you're walking down the street doing your shopping and supporting the brown elephant and that transgender kid you see waiting for the 22 bus on North Clark in this space where they seem safe wearing their nail polish and their pink hair and their Doc Martens, which aren't cool anymore, but they're making a comeback and you can't figure it out. <laughs> when you know they are safe there on North Clark, but they have to take their venture card to carry them from Andersonville to their home in Albany Park where they receive stairs 
but it's the only neighborhood where they can afford rent. What about those long-term residents of Edgewater? You know who they are. They scoot to the coffee shop with their aging dog who looks like it only has one tooth and weird bug eyes, and they sit out there talking about the most mundane and ordinary things, and you wish they would talk a little bit quieter and get the hint as you give them the side eye, but you also secretly overhear that they fear they won't be able to stay in the neighborhood because of the prices are increasing, the accessibility is decreasing, and the restaurants are getting more and more bougie. Those who seem strange to you and me, we are to look and to love and to hug. We're to patronize their businesses and smile even though smiling is not cool. But we also have to call our legislators and lobby and demand policies that protect them, that protect us because they are our sibs, our siblings. Because love of the stranger, friendship to the stranger, siblingness means the stranger we have to get our brick walls. We have to get out of the brick walls, out of the brick walls of our church, out of the brick walls of our institutions, out of the walls that we built around our minds of what is acceptable. Loving means getting our lives mixed up with one another. And the way to start that is simply to introduce yourself. Start a conversation, go out. That's why siblings, we go to festivals. That's why we march through the Gay Pride Parade, not just because it's fun to wear those cute tank tops and show off our summer bods, but because we know people need to hear. We need to go to places that are free or that you can sneak in for free. Festivals where strangers in our neighborhood gather. That's why we smile, but that's also why we ask the really hard and scary question, are you looking for a friend? Are you looking for meaning in your life? And that's why, siblings, this is the really hard thing to say, but the more honest, more vulnerable, more difficult thing to say, do you want to be my friend? The more difficult covenant to say out loud, I promise to be yours and you will be mine. It's a weird churchy way of saying we belong to each other. But, church, beloved, a warning. <laughs> As you can probably tell, loving the stranger means saying the thing that scares us to death. Loving the strange means loving the strange and the outcast within ourselves. Sharing the strange and the thing we wish we could throw away about ourselves with others. Because that's what hospitality, entertaining strangers, really means. It means saying, oh, shh. Okay, I'll go first. Entertaining and seeing others as angels means that we don't hate and vilify the parts that we hate and vilify most about ourselves. It means that we don't hate and vilify the worst parts about ourselves, but we show up and share the truth, the things about ourselves that we are most afraid of because being honest with each other is strange and lovely. To love the stranger, we tell when we are hurting. We seek help from others. We admit, I can't do it alone. I need God's help. I need stories of people who have done this before. So, beloved, 
You have to be, just a warning, brutally honest about yourself. And then you have to open up that heart and expose it to others, sharing with others, being willing to say, I'm an addict. Or being willing to say, I suffer from depression, or I think I do, I don't even know. Being willing to say, it's gray outside and I don't want to be alone. Being willing to say, I'm afraid. Being willing to say, I hate my parents. Because being willing to say these things out loud, things we would never say, maybe not even to a partner or those who are closest to us. Beloved, when we say it in order to love the strange within ourselves, we show love, we create space for others to find the courage to love themselves in our midst. It will not... It will not be easy to love yourself. Therefore, being able to demonstrate love to others. It will not be easy to tell the deadly truth about yourself. But this, this is the kind of following Jesus kind of life we signed up for. Sorry to tell you, welcome to the party, woo. This is why though, this is why I know you love Jesus so dang much like I do because Jesus did it first. It wasn't like the crucifixions you see in churches showing this modest but disheveled Jesus with these six-pack abs and a little bit of a loincloth. No, you and I love and follow the Jesus who was forced to expose parts of himself that were most vulnerable. The parts of his body, yes, but more than that, the tears and the sweat and the powerlessness. He looked rough. It was painful to watch. It was strange and many turned away. And yet, and yet we love that strangeness of Jesus, that audacity, that how he had the balls with a Z to show up, turn up behind those locked doors and offer peace. He was broken and he still showed his face. He was unashamed of his shame. And by golly, if only we could do that too. By God, we are called to do that too. We talk honestly then about our fears and our powerlessness because we know others feel it. Because we remember the power of hearing the truth from others when it was reflected back to us. What we already knew about ourselves and about this life. We didn't think that we could be that for others that truth-telling, honest, sibling-fighting. But by Jesus, we are called to be that for others, whether we are ready or not. So this is how we love the stranger. We show up where the strange go in our society. Not just bringing the drag worshipers into our space, but going out to drag worship at drag bars, not just draping rainbow flags over our prayer walls, but hugging those who wear transgender, pansexual, bisexual, all kinds of the pins that we don't even know what the colors mean, saying, God is proud of you. Asking too, though, without irony, do you wanna be my friend? This is how we love the strange. We tell our story without glossing over, without telling little white lies about the details. We tell our story and then we listen to the stories around us, trusting that others will care for us, trusting, God willing, others will learn from us and the wisdom of our story because this is good. Bra, sis, 
sibling, dearly beloved, don't forget to do good, to share with others, for which, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Will you pray with me? God Almighty, in your goodness, you provide for those in need. So God, remove from us any pride or pursuit of power because we know too we are people in need. Open our hearts to be generous sharing of our stories, to be generous in working for justice for others because we too need justice. Help us not to neglect the lonely, just as we don't neglect the loneliness within ourselves. Help us to show deep pride, fighting love for others, that we may honor and please you through Jesus Christ and in the Holy Spirit. Amen.